Warning. The following podcast contents material that could be deemed offensive. You'll hear explicit language, jokes in poor taste and overall crude humor. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Well, maybe he just has manners. Yo, baby, you've had your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? Hello, everybody. You are back with Hanging with D's. And this is episode 13, and of course, I am your host, Dees, and with me once again today, we have Dylan. Hi, everybody. Hopefully, I sound a little bit better than I did last week. Which you, I, you do. It's, right you, on. You sound Rona-free. Right on. All right. Uh, we're going to mix things up today. Um, before I get into our first segment, just real quick, what we're, we're going to cover uh, the latest in the NFL news. Um, with we got Gerald McCoy in Dallas. Uh, Darius Geis is probably in a shitload of trouble. Um, things that are going on with the Big Ten. We're going to cover some college football news and and basically just some commentary on uh, what's going on with that shit show. Um, going to talk a little bit about baseball. We'll talk a little bit about the fight that I watched and Dylan did not. I got so stoned and I forgot. Gu- <laughs> I guess I'm going to talk about the fight and he's just going to sit there and listen. But before we do that, like I said, we're going to mix it up a little bit, and it is going to be story time first. So let's get right into it. And now it's time for True Stories of a Strip Club DJ. With chicks and guns and fire trucks and hookers and drugs and booze. Yeah, yeah. Ah! All the things that make life worth living for. Ah! All right. And uh, like I briefly touched on the last time we talked strip club stories um this also is about a bachelor party it did not however occur in the strip club uh basically when uh shit i i used to live in indianapolis back in the early 2000s and there was a bar um back here back home central illinois that my cousins uh worked at as bouncers and eventually got me on as a bouncer, and I had been a DJ for, um, at that point, 10 to 15 years. So I became kind of their fill-in DJ and, and also a bouncer, and then eventually the DJ left, and I became the main DJ and a bartender, all that stuff. Um, so basically, I would uh, drive home every weekend, and you remember this. You, oh, yeah. You lived here, actually, during a lot of that. Uh, I would drive home every weekend from Indianapolis, about a three-hour drive. And um, and I worked a nine-to-five office job in Indy, so I would literally get off work at like 4 o'clock, um, jump in the car and, and hit the highway, get here right around 6.30, 7 o'clock. I'd have about enough time to shit, shower, shave, and grab a bike to eat. And then I would drive the 30 minutes um, to a small town around Peoria, Illinois, uh, a little town called Creve Core, um, but around here they call it Creve Tucky. 
and rightfully so because it is uh if you live in central illinois you, you get it like it's just one of those towns that um is a little on the little rough around the edges um but i digress anyway this bar in this small town i i don't think there's more than a few thousand people in this town but it's very close to east peoria which is a fairly large town also very close to pekin which is another larger town, not super big, but in comparison to this town that the bar was in. Um, so most of their clientele was from there. And the interesting fact about this particular bar was that it was a 4 a.m. licensed bar, which for a small town like that was unheard of because um, you had Peoria, they were 4 a.m., on the other side of the Illinois River. And then on the other side of Creve Corps was Pekin slash North Pekin and Marquette Heights. And their uh, liquor license only went till 1 a.m. So sandwiched in between, you had this, I mean, it wasn't really a dive bar. It was actually pretty, pretty decent, but it was right on the river. They had boat docks and everything. So during the summertime, they did hellacious business. Like during the day, they had a pretty good uh, menu and you could literally pull your boat up right to the dock, walk into the restaurant, eat. But on weekends, it became kind of a nightclub. Um, so I, that's that was what I did, was I DJed every Friday and Saturday night at this place. And you never got really any clientele from the Peoria side because they were already 4 a.m. And um, so basically what would happen is, is this bar would be eh, kind of ho-hum from like, I think we started at 9 9 p.m. until around 11.30 to 12-ish, and then 1, because when the peak in bars closed, we would literally go from 25 people in the bar to 250 to 300 people in, like, 45 minutes. Those bars would close, and it would be a mad dash. And uh, state cops used to set up roadblocks, uh, both leaving Creve Corps, like going to Peoria, or leaving peak and coming into creep core and, and, but they would only do it like, I don't know, maybe three, four times a year. It seemed anyway that, that I would hear of, but big I, holidays maybe. Yeah. Around there. And every now and then they'd throw a random in. But my point is they literally could have done it every weekend and Illinois probably wouldn't be any, any financial troubles <laughs> right now. Cause I mean, everybody that was drinking at the peak bars would just haul ass and come, come straight to it was the place was called captain ron's it doesn't exist anymore the building exists it's a new business if you are listening and you've been around here for longer than 10 years you know exactly where i'm talking about um but it was also right uh not i don't know maybe a half a mile from one of the strip clubs that many of these stories take place in you just basically would leave the strip club drive this back almost dirt road but i mean it was paved but it was shitty but anyway you take this road on back closer to the river and you would run into this bar so uh this particular night uh, i believe it was a saturday if i'm not mistaken i was djing and most of the time i would be wearing a shirt basically the same as the bouncers and sometimes if I was just lazy or whatever, I would I'd just wear like a dress shirt or, you know, a button down or whatever. And the reason I'm telling you that is because it comes into play later in the story. 
So anyway, at like 9, 30, 10 o'clock at this point, it's literally me, um, a male bartender, one male door guy, a female bartender, and uh, probably three or four customers or so. And two of which were like they had worked there in the past and like they were mm-hmm. close with, with everybody that, that worked there. So it was all good. And, you know, usually around this time we're stocking beer and I'm kind of lining up the playlist and everything, shooting shit, playing pool, whatever, nothing big. Well, then a bus rolls up at like nine forty five, ten o'clock, which we're like, oh, fuck, here we go. And like, 25 to 30 guys pile out of this bus. It was a bachelor party. Mm. And I, I don't, I didn't know any of them. I I'd seen them around, you know, but I didn't like personally know any of them. And really, I don't think anybody in the bar did either. There might've been a few, but, um, so anyway, these guys are having a good time and it's clearly they're inebriated and, uh, before walking through the door, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, they come off the bus and they're already not feeling much pain, but mm-hmm. they were in there. I I want to say maybe 45 minutes, not probably not even that long mm-hmm. before it came time. I, I believe one of them was starting to get kind of unruly. Mm-hmm. And our door guy, who was a big old boy, I mean, you know. Brick big, shit house? Yeah. Well, not really brick shit house. Oh, okay. Just. Uh, but not uh, corn fed then. Yeah. Big, thick yeah. dude. All right. Yeah. You wouldn't fuck with him. Let me just put right. it that way. But, it, you know, he wasn't like, you know, morbidly obese or anything, but he also wasn't, you know, a hulking man. But he was a guy that was big and, you know, he, if he got a hold of you, he's going to put a hurt on sure. you. Sure. Um, so he's starting to get unruly and he's like, look, maybe it's time you guys, you know, moved on down the road and, and everybody seemed like it was cool except for the the one guy and a few of his buddies that were you know kind of dicking around and they're getting them out the door and and i'm kind of i'm watching from the dj booth well then all of a sudden i see one of the guys it was a the place like i said was called captain ron's and it was on the river so it was a it was like a tiki bar nautical nautical theme yeah yeah and right in between the front door and the door, like, you know, you had the little lobby, not really lobby, but entryway, I should say. And there's a door between each. And there's right by that door on the opposite side of basically the little podium where the door guy stood was a captain's wheel, like a wooden screwed to the fucking wall. Like it wasn't just hanging there. It was literally like screwed to the wall. Well, one of the guys just rips it clean off the wall and thinks he's going to take it. And next thing you know, I'm watching and all hell breaks loose at the front door. And before this happened, most of the guys that were involved in the party had already gotten on the bus. So there were, at this point there was like maybe six or seven uh, of the, the drunker unrulier ones when the guy ripped the wheel off. And so then I see my door guy, he starts struggling with a couple of them. And the guy, two of the guys at the bar, or actually one of the guys at the bar, because one of our other bouncers had just showed up. Mm. So at this point, just so we're keeping score, it's me, bartender male, bouncer male, uh, door guy male, and uh, customer male. And outside right now, there's like seven or eight 
of these bachelor party attendees, and it's basically has turned into a Donny Brook, a, a bit of a Donny Brook, yeah. Right. I mean, more of a like a, a scrum, oh, okay, a rugby scrum, people pushing, shoving, and of course, I run over and I get into it. Well, then we all kind of spill out the front door, and thank God we did because if this would have happened in the bar, it would have just, I mean, it it have been like an action movie from the eighties, you know, where you see just all kinds of shit flying. So anyway, it, it spills outside the bar. And of course all the buddies on the bus see what's going on. So they all come out. So at this point it's like almost 30 on five. Jesus. And when I, I mean, swinging, like it was literally you head on a swivel turn and if you didn't see a pink tie-dye shirt which yes that's what my guys wore <laughs> then if you didn't you swing i mean it was just that bad and luckily for for us because i mean 30 on five it's it's not good yeah odds. no so i don't want to sit here and and make everybody think that i'm just pulling this out of my ass and talking about how bad we are it it didn't last that long before the odds tilted but in the very, like, the first two, three minutes, 30 on five, most of it was just guys shoving and all this. But there were people swinging. I mean, I got hit. Everybody, got, we were swinging. But luckily, as soon as the, the dickwad grabbed the captain's wheel, the other, the female bartender was on the phone, 911. Mm. And so we spill out. And then there's a long ramp that goes down to the front of the bar to this big open parking lot where there's also like a boat ramp down at the complete other end. But it's a huge uh, asphalt parking lot. And we're all kind of spilling out that way. And next thing you know, here comes the first squad car and two cops get out of that. And one of them who is no longer with us, rest in peace, little Joe. And he was called Little Joe because he, he wasn't a very big guy, a little red ginger, good, you know, kind of looked like a little bit like uh, Hunter and Dakota, sort of. Okay. Not not big by any means, but redhead, super cool dude. Well, he comes out and you see this guy walk. I mean, guy runs up on him and Joe just kind of stops and kind of gives him the look. And it looked, I don't know if the guy was going to swing or not, but before he could even get a chance, little Joe just drops him. <laughs> I mean, nice. bam. And then they all just started going at it. And as this is going down, two or three more policemen show up. So the odds are starting to get a little better. But again, this is when shit got bad. And one cop that showed up, he got tackled and he had like two or three guys on top of him. Jesus. And I'm there again wearing a dress shirt, a dress shirt. And I'm trying to pull these guys off of this cop and I'm closest to the building. But as I'm ripping this guy off of the cop, I get hit so hard. It was like a football hit blind side. My left tackle fucked me <laughs> and Lawrence Taylor fucking took me out and I go flying. I roll, I get up and turn and it's, uh, one of the it was the police sergeant who's oh. who he's not with Creve Corps anymore, but he he's moved on right to the town next door. Uh, I won't say his name, but kind of a, he was a Hulk of mm. a man. So when, I mean, and he as soon as he saw me, I could see the I'm sorry in his face. He just didn't have time to say it. And at this point, the sticks come out. Every the cops just had batons, and I mean 
just swinging. You bet, better not be there when, when he swings. Right. And they were dropping motherfuckers left and right. And the bachelor was the one of the worst ones that was in all the shit. Well, they had to call an ambulance for him because I, I believe they, I, I know they busted his head open and I had blood all over me. One of the other guys had blood all over them. Yeah, but they took the the bachelor and one of his friends. They had to take them on the ambulance out in the ambulance, and yeah, they were cracking skulls. And then the state police showed up to where I mean, finally order was restored. Three or four of them ended up going to jail just because, like, I mean, they had bloody knuckles and all this uh, that legitimately probably could have took all of them to jail. But the bachelor was one. They literally took him the ambulance, stitched him up, and then took his ass to jail. And they had to, his fiance, I, I think, I, I'm not sure, but I don't think that the wedding ended up happening on time because this dude was so busted up. I, I may be wrong. If anybody out there that knows this story can, can correct me, by all means, drop me a line. But, but yeah, it was the most chaotic thing. I mean, I see stuff online all the time, this shit, but right. to have actually lived one of those experiences... I mean, you don't have time to think like, I mean, it just, it was pure chaos. Head on a swivel. Swing, yeah. Almost, I mean, yeah. literally, I, I don't know if you lived here at the time, but no, but I, I, I walked in this place at like five in the morning. And at the time my dad lived here and it, it, him and I think my mom were awake and they thought I got shot or something <laughs> because the front of my shirt was I mean for one it was tore o- open and just covered in blood. I took it off for the rest of the night when I worked, but I just I put it on when I was walking in the door just cuz I didn't want to carry it. And and yeah, it, it looked like I had been through a war zone. I mean, it just and Jesus. there were many many weekends I would come home um with a little blood on me, a little mixed with beer, but cuz this place was it was really pretty rough. I mean, uh, peaking uh, they had some guys that lived in that town that were kind of troublemakers. Yeah. Um, I could, a lot of dumb rednecks. Let's be honest. Well, hold, hey, hold on now. I got a lot of guys from, from Pekin that listen to this. Um, but yeah, you guys live there. So I was four, I, but sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't say dumb rednecks. They're just, there's some, well, there's some, yeah, let's be honest. Not hey, all, of course. There's not some all, everywhere. But... Man, am I going to get a lot of shit when the, this comes out and I go to trivia? If you're from Pekin, you know, come well, on. Yeah. I'll take the heat. I'll... Yeah, no, they call it tweaking Pekin for a reason. Yeah, come on. So. Sorry, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> um, So anyway, yeah, it was really bad. Like there was a, a another night, I'll, I'll give a perfect example. Two girls got into a fight. Mm-hmm. And look, I, I was a bouncer. Bouncer slash DJ for better part of a decade. And let me just tell you, I will break up guys fighting all day, every day, seven days a week, twice on Sunday. If I never have to break up another female fight again. Elaborate. (laughs) Women don't fucking care. Usually men get in a fight. We're going to, you know, grab, push, shove, punch. You break it up, you break it up. Yeah. Not with women. <laughs> no. They grab hair, rip clothes off, and if you try and get in between them, they're going to grab your hair, rip your clothes off. Uh, yeah, they turn into 
fucking psychos. <laughs> I'm not shitting you. Like, I mean, my mom, we, we've told the stories about back in the day when, when mom would finally snap and beat me and my brother's ass. <laughs> like, literally, she didn't know how to stop. And I think that is, like, somehow ingrained into the, the female DNA. Because once they get to that edge of we're going to fight, they're going to fucking fight until one of them can't move anymore or somebody forcefully pulls them up. And that's the way this night was. These two girls were fighting right at the bar. And this wasn't during 10 o'clock when it was dead. This was jam-packed, 2.30 in the morning, 300 fucking people in this place. And the bar was a big, like, horseshoe bar. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of raised on a little stage. But you had about five feet between the railing and the bar. And during the busy time, this, that's people. Yeah. Packed in, trying to get drinks. And these two girls start fighting. So me and this other bouncer, are at, I'm not even sure if I was bouncing then. I might have been bartending. Regardless, either way. Me and this other bouncer, we're, we're going and we're, he grabs one girl and starts kind of pulling her way. I grab another girl. Now, let me give you a little tip just in case any of you out there or you ever think about you becoming a bouncer in a bar. If women are fighting Mm -hmm. and you have to grab them and pull them apart, do yourself a favor. Grab both arms and get them in a bear hug with their arms under your arms. Right. Don't leave an arm out. But why? Thank me later. Because they will grab whatever they can get their fucking hands on. And in this particular case, on this particular evening, what she could get her hands on was a beer bottle. Oh. Yes. And I've got her. I've got her left arm, but she was a righty. (laughs) She grabs this beer bottle, and she claimed to the policeman that she didn't know who grabbed her, even though I knew the girl, like knew of her. We weren't friends or anything. And and I repeatedly shouted who I was as she is repeatedly blasting me <laughs> in the side of the head with this fucking beer bottle. And let me tell you something, boys and girls. You watch TV, you watch movies. All the time when a bar fight breaks out, what happens? Someone grabs a beer bottle, smashes it over someone's head. It breaks immediately. Yes. Guess what? That doesn't fucking happen. Beer bottles are way tougher than you would ever imagine. That son of she hit me no less than 25 times in the side of the head. I mean, it was bam, 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 just rapid fire till I literally finally got through like the six feet of people. (coughs) Excuse me. Got through the six feet of people and almost ran out the door and threw her (laughs) into the bushes. I mean, like shot put. I just, yeah. And the side of my head was fucking busted open. Not to the point where I was bleeding profusely, but just one of those like, oh, yeah, it's it's wet. And I mean, it looked like a softball sticking out the side of my head. But yeah, I threw that bitch with every ounce of power I had and put her dead center of the bushes. Yeah, so, again, little tip from old Uncle Dan there. If you're ever working in a bar, grab both arms, and you'll be glad that you did because that shit hurts. I would rather the bottle broke on the first try. Yeah. 
because maybe then she would have just stabbed me and I'd have blacked out <laughs> instead of hitting me, like I said, 20 to 25 times in the side of the melon. So that's my story for this week. Um, we'll get back to some more. I got a couple of really bad strip club stories. I've been kind of saving them. All right. Some that are... Pepper them out a little uh, bit, I guess. Well, yeah, but like I said, the, the one that's... I'm eventually going to have to tell, and I think I might tell it next. Uh, it it gets pretty, pretty, pretty bad, pretty, pretty gross. So if you're a little squeamish, uh, I'll warn you a little extra before that. But, but yeah, that's the story for this week. We are actually going to take a quick little break. And when we come back, we're going to get to uh, some sports news and a couple other things. So stick around. Here we go again. These guys have to take another fucking break. If I were this lazy, I'd be doing voiceover work on the L Sign Language channel. Anyway, hope you're enjoying the show. Here they come. Please don't tell them I said that. What'd that bitch just say? I don't know. I wasn't uh, listening. We're going to have to give her a performance review. Uh-huh. All right, we're back. This is Hanging with Dees. I am, of course, your host, Dees, and Dylan is with me still. And uh, now we're just going to kind of bounce around and uh, talk about the latest in sports world. Uh, we'll kick it off with a little NFL news. Um, as far as COVID goes, the good news is there is no news. There's nothing. Again, um, this is Wednesday uh, for us. So we've had four days when we record Saturday. So, yeah, yeah. basically four days. No major uh, news as far as the COVID stuff goes. Um, so that's great. And we're getting into, like I said, this week's first week with pads. Um, so I, I mean, I got to think that if nobody had it banging around with pads is it's not going to materialize. So that's the good news. Um, Hopefully they can stay away from their Instagram thotties and whatnot. Right. Catch it. Unlike what's his name? Oh, the, um, Seattle. Yes, rookie. That, yeah, I, I can't believe we didn't touch on that Saturday. Yeah, the rookie. I think is a corner. That sounds defensive right, yeah. back, something like that for Seattle, who was expected to contribute. I don't think he was their like first or second rounder, but he was expected to to contribute, from mm-hmm. what I understand. And he basically dressed this girl up in Seahawks gear and tried to sneak her into the team hotel, uh, disguised as a player. Yeah. <laughs> Like, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it w- so we got cut. They they just told him, pack your shit. You're out. Right move, because good God, does that show just incredibly poor judgment. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, you never know. It, we're, we're in the middle of a pandemic. <sighs> she gets him sick, and then the next day he goes to practice and, you know, gets... Who knows how many people sick? Because as we know, this this virus takes anywhere from two to to two two days to two weeks before it you know shows itself. If it ever does show right. itself, and by that time, Christ, he could have literally could have wiped out the whole team. I mean, it, yeah, it not killed them because I don't like I said these are for the most part pretty good shape guys, so I don't think it's going to kill any of them. But no. at the same time. It would literally shut down their entire operation for two to three weeks, and, and so yeah, it, you gotta go. And uh, I think he might be hard pressed to to find another job at least this year. I don't think he'll play. I mean, nah, I wouldn't think so. I know. mean, although a lot of guys 
True, if drop, somebody, so. somebody, all that, if somebody gets hurt, or it's a possibility, I guess. Just a real bonehead move, um, without question. Uh, other news we got in the NFL, man. D- how big a dick is Jerry Jones? A very, very big dick. Not that he has a very big dick. He is a very big dick. Yes. So Gerald McCoy, wasn't he? A, he was a free agent signing, yeah. correct? Yeah, yeah. Tampa. Yeah, out of Tampa, stud defensive tackle, mm-hmm. um, and has been for several years. Uh, he gets hurt in practice, ruptures his quad, yep. which is a pretty significant injury. I mean, yeah, um, and was going to miss. I don't know if they they ruled him out for the season. Or they not, did, yeah, but but, but yeah, more yeah. than likely. But rather than stick by him, they cut him. Like, how shitty is that? Very. I mean, I don't know what the details of his contract were. From what I had heard, they talked about on McAfee's show. I, who knows if it's true or not, but I guess he has his sources. There was a sort of distinction in his contract that if he had a quad injury, I know, very strange, but if he had a quad injury, they could cut him and he wouldn't. They wouldn't have to. So pay. obviously there was something there lingering. Yeah. So there must have been something in the physical that. Yeah. That I mean that makes a little more sense. Still a dick move. Yeah. You know, but again, it sounds like there was probably a, an issue where a doctor might have said, "Look, this." Yeah, and again, they. Touched I, on, I don't know what that issue would be, but I guess he's he's had an injury with his ankle in the past. He's had an injury with his knee, all on the same leg, and the quad was the only thing that he hasn't had an injury from yet. So it's just working its way up his leg. Apparently, huh? yeah. Well, if I were him, I don't think I'd play football anymore because the next thing up from your quads are nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, either way, look, even if the guy's not. 100% healthy or whatever, and contract clause be damned. It's still kind of an asshole move, um, which, I mean, look, it's Jerry Jones, so uh, very little that he does truly surprises me. Um, like signing um, Hardy, like, immediately after his Yeah, domestic, Greg Hardy. Yeah, after, Greg Hardy. Yeah, he, he damn near beat a woman to death. Yeah, threw her on a pile of guns and shit. And- yeah, so... Um, other little snippets of news in the NFL, the, the Titans signed, uh, Trevor Simeon to be their backup quarterback kind of ho-hum. Yeah. Uh. Um, he looked good for, I don't know, a handful of games with Denver a few years ago, but and then didn't, yeah, then huh. looked really bad. Uh, chiefs cornerback probably getting a four game suspension, uh, Breland, um, uh, Cook, Dalvin Cook with the Vikings, uh, their contract talks are kind of stalled. So might be interesting to see if he hits the market after this year. Well, I don't – I've been saying it for years. I got into an argument with your brother about this several years ago. I, stop paying running backs big money. Stop it. I don't know why they keep doing this. Yeah, I mean – you don't need an elite running back to win a Super Bowl. True. It's nice to have. But the thing is, see, it, it seems like it goes in cycles, though. Because right now, the crop of running backs that are out there mm-hmm. is probably the best group of running backs that the NFL has had for a long time. 
You know what I sure. mean? Like a lot of teams for the, you know, the previous, uh, I would say before like three years ago, four years ago, whatever, there was about a decade where there wasn't that uh, every down catching, running, you know, just everybody kind of had running backs. Right. And so they would shuffle them in back and forth. But it seems like the current crop, the, the this generation of running backs, you have some elite talent on the field, whether it's um, C-Mac, uh, Le'Veon Bell, if he gets an offensive line. I mean, yeah. he, he's still an elite talent, don't get me wrong. Uh, Saquon Barkley, um, I, I know I'm forgetting some guys. Um, uh, Dalvin Cook. Yeah, honestly, yeah Dalvin Cook is there. a stud. Uh, Gurley, although it looks like they probably rode him a little too hard. Yeah. Because I'm not sure he's going to. Uh, yeah, Alvin Kamara, who's not even a starter, um, or, or at least not an every down back. Yeah, was, he's, he's more of a, a change of pace. I mean, he probably starts and, and plays better than 50%, but he's not a guy that's going to get 20, 25 carries. Right. He might get 20, 25 touches, but he's not going to get that many carries. Whereas, you know, you got like Le'Veon Bell, there were games where he would have 30 carries and 10 catches. Same thing with C-Mac. You know, C-Mac's usually in the 20, 25 carry mark with 10 to 15 pass targets. Um, but I do tend to agree with you. I don't think running backs should be in that 10 to $15 million just because their shelf life. It's it still the average is less than four years of an NFL running back. Now, granted, you're putting a lot of running backs in that group, including a lot of guys that never see the field. Yeah. But still, it's it's a position that... Frank Gore, guys like that, are the extreme rarity. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, especially somebody like him who is a physical runner. Yeah. I mean, they just... Uh, Jerome Bettis lasted a long time for a physical runner. Um, right. You know, <clears throat> go back through history. Jim Brown... He only played, what, nine years? Yeah, he retired at, like, 30. Yeah, and he was a bruising back. I mean, back then he was an everything back, but he, he was definitely – he took a lot of shots. His situation er was a bit different, though, because he was still great. He just retired because oh, well, he wanted yeah. to make more money making movies. So. Yeah, I mean, he was still great, but you don't know how he felt every morning. True. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, Earl Campbell was another big bruising back that yeah. didn't last. Um, the guys that take a lot of punishment typically don't last long at all. I mean, you just go back through the Craig Ironhead Hayward was just a beast for about four or five years. And I mean, he played longer than that, but he was never like himself. Right. Uh, Christian Okoye, uh, Barry Word, who basically came in right after Okoye, probably before your time. I was gonna. Say, I've never heard that name before in my life. Which one, Barry Word or Barry Word? Yeah. Okay. I knew he, Christian Okoye. Yeah. So. Well, Barry Word was his change of pace back, mm -hmm. basically. But then when Okoye left, he became the starter, and he was not quite as big as Okoye, but he was still that three yards cloud of dust, carry two or three tackles with you. I mean, he was he was tough. But, yeah, running backs, by and large, and Le'Veon Bell learned that the, the running back market was not what he hoped it was. I mean, right. Gurley got all that money, and, and where's he at now? He's probably going to get cut, not this year, but. Yeah, I think he's I, done. I think after this year, they're probably going to get out of that contract. And Le'Veon Bell wanted all that money, and nobody wanted to pay him, and he ended up actually taking less money 
than what Pittsburgh offered him when he signed with the Jets because he knew that he wasn't going to get that big high dollar contract. And so, so yeah, I don't know how much money Cook wants, but just looking back through history, running backs are not the wave anymore. Right? You know, they're they're really not. I mean, Patrick Mahomes isn't making it any easier on, on a lot of these players because they see the stud making. 45 50 million a year now and they they want a piece of the pie so um speaking of running backs darius geis is in a shitload of trouble yep and it's funny well i mean we talk about him but he's not on an nfl team anymore no because he was cut last week after a, a report um was made about a domestic violence yeah um, incident that took place. I don't know his girlfriend. I don't think he's married. Is he? I think it was his girlfriend. I don't okay, really know. Either way, um, he was arrested for domestic violence, and lo, <laughs> lo and behold, the Redskins still trying to make nice. Uh, Washington football team. Oh my bad. Yep. Washington football Thanks. team. God, are you gonna do that every time? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> so the Washington football team, i.e., the Redskins. <laughs> Formerly the Redskins. Yeah. Um, yeah, they are uh, basically on damage control, and they cut him. And and this is a guy that was expected to be one of those stud running backs. Yeah, he was I a second-round pick two years ago. Yeah, he had all the makings of that every down, 20, 25 carries, 10 to 15 uh, targets. I mean, he was he was thought to be really good. He blew his knee out. Yeah, his rookie year he got yeah like, blew so his knee out. He didn't missed. play any. He didn't. No, that was preseason. That's he didn't what play I a thought. Down yeah. So he had not played a down yet. This was supposed to be his. Or did he play last year? I think he played a little bit last year, but he also got hurt and missed most of the yeah, year. Yeah. So and, and he didn't set the world on fire last year, but he still looked solid. But now he looks like uh, he's in a a world of shit because they cut him for that. And now it is coming out that two women uh, that went to LSU are saying that he raped them uh, around what would have been, I think his freshman year in college is what the report said. I thought freshman or sophomore year. I don't know. Um, But yeah. And here's the, apparently this was never even investigated, but I bet it is now, now that with everything going on, yeah, I would say something's going to be opened up, and if there's any credibility to the story, he's probably looking and going away for a while. So uh, we'll monitor that and and see what's going on. Um, what career else? Over, oh. basically. I mean, what's that? Career oh yeah, over. definitely. Yeah, I don't think anybody is going to take a chance. Yeah, on that. injury prone with off the field issues. Yeah, that's... and not enough. That is sample a sample size. That is a ticket to uh, to working at Walmart for the rest of your life uh, if you're not in prison. I think I heard last year too. He had he averaged like four point five yards a carry or something. So he the little sample size you had. Of yeah, him, no, he, he looked, looked great. He but... looked good. Like I said, what little bit he did play. So um, on baseball, look, I to my Cub fans out there and Jake and everything, I apologize. I was here on our last show just talking them up. Best uh, record in baseball, blah, blah, blah. And they have, I won't say shit the bed, but they've looked pretty average. And they've dropped um, four games since then. 
and looking at the scoreboard right now, and unless something really gets kicked into gear, it looks like they're about to drop another one to the wretched Cardinals. Uh, they're trailing 6-1 to one now in the fourth. This is on Wednesday, by the way, if you're listening and on Friday and you start looking for the game on TV or something. Um, uh, other than that, we haven't really heard any more about um, the uh, Reds and um, their outbreak. They've gone through some more testing and uh, doesn't look like they've got a problem like the Marlins or the um, uh, 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 help me out. Oh, Cardinals. Cardinals. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Oh, boy. Remember what I said last week about 20 plus years of drugs and alcohol? (laughs) This is what happens. Um, Elsewhere in baseball, this Fernando Tatis, Tatis, Jr. Tatis? Something like that. That See, this is Jake or Hunter for that matter. Uh, I need my baseball guys here because, um, but this guy is lighting the world on fire for the Padres. I mean, yeah. it is he had two hits and a stolen base uh, in the game last night, and yeah, this kid looks like he is for real. Um, and I, I'll have to to look it up because I'd never heard of him up until like a week ago when he first, you know, people started talking about him. What do you do? You know, I heard uh, the first time I ever heard about him, and again, I've I don't really follow baseball. I don't have much interest in it. I, yeah, no, you're less of a baseball guy than me, and that's not much. Yeah, well, you you still identify as a baseball fan, and I I don't at all. Right. But anyway, um, what I, what I want to talk about with him is I heard about him two days ago. Did you hear about the bit of outrage about him? No, really. Okay. I mean, I probably I, I'm I can't sure remember, I saw something about it, but I don't know. I can't remember who they were playing because, again, I don't follow baseball, but they were up like three to nothing in the bottom of the eighth. I want to say top of the eighth, top of the eighth. He was at bat and it was he was down in the count three nothing. Oh, this is the one where he ignored the or didn't see the, the, the sign to take his... to take a pitch. Yeah, so he I did see a little bit about it. I was I think I was getting ready for work and I saw a couple snippets on Twitter about it, but I didn't yeah. look into the Base story. Base is loaded, he fucking swings on it, takes it yard, and his own manager comes out and says, Yeah, you know, I you hate to see that. He should have he didn't apparently see my call to take the pitch and Right. Get the fuck out of here. Are you shitting me? Well, I, okay. I get it. But it's one of those deals where he's a young guy. And if you're going to, whether you didn't see it or you saw it and said, to hell with you, I'm swinging. If, if that's the case, then you better do exactly what he did, which is take it out of the park. Because then all is forgiven. But one of the things that I well, didn't know, apparently that's the outrage is the fact that he swung at swung on it when they got a three nothing lead. And it bases were loaded, so it's a grand slam, so it's now a seven to nothing game. And I guess that's one of the unwritten rules is that if you're ever in that situation, no, 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 the the score was fourteen to four. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm see, way off. But yeah, it's a the outrage is that it's an unwritten rule, right? That you don't swing on a three zero pitch when you're ahead late by so many runs and at this point i think it, it might have been what 10 to 4 but something like that e- either way it was a route it wasn't just three nothing they were they were kicking their ass but 
unwritten. Here's what I got to say about your unwritten rule. Go fuck yourself. Exactly. Because it, I look, I'm not saying it's likely mm-hmm. that a comeback could happen, but if it's only 10, let's just say that it was 10 to four or, or whatever. Um, there's a still, they still have a chance. Yeah. So no, I'm scoring. Right. I, I, yeah. I'm scoring. Now it's like in football, you'll see a guy every now and then get a breakaway and a blowout and they'll just stop and lay down, which pisses me off if I own them in fantasy, but I get <laughs> it. Run the clock out and the game is over. Don't give them the ball back. Right. But this isn't football. They, you know, they have their at bats yeah. guaranteed. There's no timer. They exactly. are, you know, so who's to say that he takes that pitch and he walks in one run and then the next, you know, then they get out of the inning. And so, then the other team comes up and just blows it open and scores nine or ten runs themselves. Right. No. If if they throw me a meatball and it's a 3-0 count, I'm going yard. Yeah. I mean, forget. Yeah, definitely. So I don't blame the guy at all. Whether he saw it or not um, is another story. Now, on the other side of that fence, the argument that I saw, you know, let's say it's a close game. Mm-hmm. And you need that that base runner, that extra run or whatever, and you don't see or ignore the sign, and you swing and miss, and you're out. Then, then there's a problem. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it is. It's a discipline thing. You either whether he saw it or not. If you didn't see it, then you need to get your head right to where you start checking for signs. And if you did see it, you need to get your head right and understand that the coach makes calls because it's what he thinks is best for the team. And if you want to play in this league for very long, you better not become one of those guys that becomes hard to manage. Yeah. You know, but as far as the whole unwritten rule thing, no, I don't buy that shit. You step on their throats until uh, that's probably a bad analogy, right? In today's age, Uh, you keep, you keep them foot on the gas. Yes. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. What do you think about the bat flips? Because as an, a baseball outsider, that's something that I do not understand. Like, you hit a home run on someone, you should I mean, be allowed to celebrate. Yeah, some of them get pretty ridiculous. Um, but look, you have to, if you're in that situation, and if you watch any baseball, you'll see that when somebody gives one of those cocky bat flips, you can bet your ass that the next time that guy is up, gonna... he's getting plucked. That, to me, is bullshit. How is that an appropriate response? Like, this guy celebrated hitting a home run, so I'm going to take this hard-ass baseball. I'm going to throw it 95 miles an hour at his face. I just, that uh, makes... Well, see, typically, they no. No, see, when somebody is intentionally, like, a, a retaliation for that, mm-hmm. they don't throw at their head. They'll, okay. they'll try and pluck him, like, on the back or in the thigh, now there have been cases where there's bad blood, and you'll see a the high hard one, little sweet chin music. But usually, if it's something like that, where it's just like, okay, asshole, I I got your bat flip right here. Usually they're gonna try and you know either shoulder them or or somewhere meaty to where you you're letting them know that you're there. But very rarely are you gonna see a pitcher headhunt over a bat flip. But could you imagine the outrage if oh, in yeah. the NFL? Someone 
wide receiver, whatever, makes an incredible catch, celebrates in the end zone, little dance, whatever. And then on the next offensive drive, okay, Daniel Tosh, the corner <laughs> just fucking takes his head off after the play. Yeah, like do you remember that skit, the Daniel? Yeah, Tosh? <laughs> yeah. woohoo! Celebrate that, you mut- or what do you call him? You vegetable? Yeah, <laughs> or no, maybe V eight will sponsor a vegetable. Yeah, but I, yeah, I mean, I get it. it, it it's one of those things that it, it's an unwritten rule. I know, but look at the NFL. Like they, no. for like a decade, <laughs> they kind of shut off the touchdown celebrations and they yeah. loosened them because uh, why not? No, I agree. And, and I think you should be allowed to celebrate, you know, to a certain degree without fear of retaliation like that. But it's just one of those things that's been happening for a long time. And most of the time when guys do the bat flip or whatever, it, it, it goes unpunished hmm. it's the ones that do just the ridiculous you know like routine up there which it doesn't happen often right. but every now and then you'll see one like oh yeah he it, it, and here's the thing typically that kind of stuff doesn't you don't get payback that game or usually not even that series hmm. maybe the series like the the, the last game of the series usually it happens like they'll circle a date on the calendar the next time they play you guys, and if that pitcher happens to to come into the game, and this guy happens to come up to plate, don't be surprised if he doesn't go home with an extra bruise on him because mm-hmm. usually they're gonna they're gonna pluck him, and I think they do it that way because then they can say no, that, that just that was months ago. What yeah, the pitch about? got away from me. I'm yeah. sorry, but yeah, that's that's usually the way that happens, which is why the Astros have been thrown at all year. For something they did last year, you yeah. know, they cheated their ass off, uh, or was it last year? It was. I thought it was two years ago when they. Yeah, you might be right. You might be right, but either way, they're paying for it now that the story is all out. Right. Um, but yeah. So did again, we talk about that situation last week? Uh, the cheating or the no, not the cheating. The I can't remember who they were playing. I think it was the Athletics, maybe. And the guy got hit or something, and he's as he's walking to first, not, the Astros like not their manager, but one of their coaches started talking shit, and a big fucking Donnie Brook broke out. Oh no, we didn't. No, we didn't. No, we did not. Yeah. We talked about the one with the Dodgers, who they beat in that World Series. Remember the guy was like, "Nice swing, bitch." Joe Kelly. Yeah, yeah that was that. But yeah, no, I honestly I remember again. I I saw something about it, but it it never really. Yeah. broke into anything big but yeah same, i think the player got suspended thing, yeah. a few games and the coach got suspended like 20 games so he must oh, wow. have said well i know joe kelly got suspended for eight games yeah. which i think is bullshit right you know it's, he didn't hit the guy so anyway uh moving on from baseball which wow we spent a lot more time than i thought um hockey uh, i don't have a whole lot to say my blackhawks got eliminated which i mean if i'm being honest with myself I didn't think they would get past Edmonton, let alone Vegas. Yeah, I was surprised when um, I heard that, but too. They did take uh, two games from them, I believe. Either way, they, they played well. Um, they're not quite back to where they should be, um, even though they do have, in my opinion, two of the best players in the NHL. They just need to get some more talent around those guys. Um, uh, college football now. Um Man, I, I'm just really not sure what to make of what the hell is going on with this. Um, the pen or the the Big Ten, they they 
what's his name, the Ohio State quarterback. Justin Fields? Yeah, he started this big petition to reinstate football for the fall. I don't, it's not going to happen, no. I don't think. Uh, but literally in 24 hours had like 300,000 online signatures. And um, yeah, a lot of these guys are really upset. The parents are really upset because um, like Penn State's coach came out and said, you know, the timing of everything is what really has people scratching their heads because they announced the schedule on a like a, a Monday or Sunday or Monday or Something whatever. Like but that, it, yeah. Six days later, they canceled the season or right. post, postponed the season. Um, so apparently there's a group of Big Ten parents uh, gathering either today or tomorrow at the uh, Big Ten headquarters in Rosemont, Illinois. Uh, kind of a protest, but, I mean, they want answers. They want to know what why they're basically uh, doing these to this, these kids. And one of the points that I saw brought up was that, you know, they're talking about all the concerns with COVID. You know, these players are... They're safer than the general student yeah. population. I mean, look, let's be honest. Most of these big-time college guys, the ones that play a significant amount of time, I should say, they're they're not taking nuclear physics. Yeah, no. No. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some, some scholars out there that are talented players, and they can handle both, you know, the academic load and the – team load but the majority of the starters and whatnot aren't you know especially if you have a future in the nfl like you know by the time you're i'd say a sophomore junior you got a pretty good idea for the most part if you're being looked at and things of that nature so then you probably drop the advanced calculus class and start taking like general studies and underwater basket weaving and just, you know, blow off classes. Right. Most of which they take in like a tutoring session at the team facility or online. So they're basically what I'm saying is they're in more of a bubble than the general population of the students. Yeah. So by canceling the season, you are now putting these kids more at risk, in my opinion, than if you would have had them just playing football. Right. You know, and it's that's kind of where the parents are with this thing. And now, though, even Lane Kiffin, who is no longer in the Big Ten or Pac-12, which I don't think he ever was in the Big Ten, but... Um, no, he was in the SEC, though. He's still in the SEC. Well, yeah, he's at Ole Miss now. Yeah, um, but he's... Oh, wait, he was in the Pac-12? Yeah, he... Yeah, the he pa- was... I, I said he wasn't in the Big Ten. Right, right, right. But he was in the Big 12, um, or Pac-12, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. And he's advocating that they they should give these players transfer waivers. And I agree. Yeah. You know, especially these guys that are probably going pro, mm-hmm. but their status is kind of up in the air. Um, I, I think they should be able to transfer yeah. to go to one of these schools that is going to play if they continue to play. Would You seem to think that they're – or not you? Um, who'd you say? Kirk uh, Herb Street. Herb yeah. Street. Yeah, it doesn't seem to think that there's going to be any football played. Uh, I'm still hopeful, and we'll see. But but Lane Kevin's basically saying these guys should be able to transfer to a school that is playing. Um, in other words, Lane Kiffin's got his eye on a couple guys in right. the Big Ten and Pac-12 that he'd love to bring the Ole Miss, and, and hopefully uh, even the odds there. Uh, w- 
I saw what you did there, Lane. Uh, he's probably got letters out right now to some of those players just yeah. kind of testing the waters. But I, I do agree with him. I, I think that they should allow if, if a player wants to leave and, and go play this fall, they they should be able to do that. I mean, it's not it, it isn't like you're going to set a precedent or break any rules. These are extreme circumstances. Yeah. And they should be granted a, a one-time waiver or whatever, you know, because what's going to happen, and I promise you it will, it, it, and it's there's already players that are coming out and saying it on record, that if there's spring football, they're not playing. Yeah. You know, they will not play in spring. The big Most of the Big Ten guys have said they don't want to play in the spring. And anybody that has any shot at this year's NFL draft will not be playing college football in the spring. Right. Guaranteed. And if they cancel in the SEC and ACC and, and Big 12 and all the other little schools around, um, if they cancel all that stuff, yeah, spring football is going to be, and, and Nick Saban even said it, it's going to be like JV. Because yeah. all these big names aren't going to be on the field. Right. And, and I still, we, we talked about it on the last show. Um, I haven't seen anything about what, if anything, they're going to do about any kind of bowl series or uh, playoff format or anything like that. What, yeah, I don't know how you would. I mean, I haven't seen anything else, and I, I don't know how you'd make that work. Just the logistics of testing, bring in not one team, but two teams, all of their fans into just a third party neutral site city. I just, yeah. And I'm still in agreement that I think the bowl season is probably done. Um, but as far as the playoffs, I think they can do that. Yeah, they could. Um, and this new test that has now been fast tracked through the FDA could be a game changer. Not, I mean, not, not. I heard something about. It. I don't really know. Anything not about only, it, I mean, that's a game changer worldwide, not just in the sports world. Basically, it's a uh, Yale, uh, Yale University, and funded a lot by the NBA mm-hmm. and, and tested by some some people in an NBA group. Um, basically, uh, it's a saliva test mm-hmm. where you can get results back in hours, oh, two to three hours. And it's it's a kit that you will be able to go to Walgreens or whatever and buy it for they're talking fifteen to twenty bucks. That's not bad. And test yourself and have the same uh, uh, accuracy rates as shoving that swab to your brain, which is basically what the test is now. And that typically takes I. They say two days, but I know people that waited five, six, seven days yeah. before they got their test results back. So that's a big thing. And if that test gets widely produced here really soon, it could change the landscape uh, for the sports world as well as the rest of the world for that matter. But I right. think it'll be especially helpful in the sports world because you could literally, I mean, God, these teams will buy thousands of these tests and test these players every single day. Right. You know, and have results back that day, and I think that's a great thing. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if they could just figure out a way to get a fucking vaccine for this thing, we could end all this shit now. But um, I, I, I find it kind of funny, and I don't want to get it too political or anything like that. But uh, I just find it funny that this basically flu on steroids comes out, and 
we're already this close to a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, AIDS came out 30 plus years yeah. ago and there's still no cure for that. I mean, yeah. And I have the answer. It, it doesn't take a genius. No, Chris Rock talked about it a long time ago. There's no money in the cure, right? There's money in the medicine that, that lets you live with it. Hmm. And the same thing with, with cancer. I mean, I, in my heart of hearts, I believe that there exists right now a cure to the HIV virus. And I, th- I think Magic Johnson paid enough money to get that. Hmm. Okay. You know, I, it's just, and that might, that part might not be false, but I do firmly believe that somewhere in a lab they have the cure for it. And I think there are cures for cancer out there. I really do. I, I, I think that the government, i.e. slash world, big pharma, things like that, there's no money if, if they can get rid of the disease, right? I mean, you got to think logically. Yeah. You're looking at me like, yeah, well, I'm I just, I completely full of shit, but yeah. It no, makes, I, no, I get what you it mean. It makes it's sense. Just... It makes perfect sense. Yeah. You know, what What would you want? Would you want a way to make money off of me for the rest of my life? Or would you want me to pay you a fraction of that one time and you never see my business again? Exactly. You know, I mean, I don't know. It just makes you think. Um, well, I think that is probably going to. Oh, one other thing we were going to touch on. Um, the fights, which you didn't watch, but um, it was kind of a letdown. It really was. Yeah. I mean, it was a good fight. Don't get me wrong. Both there was a lot of back and forth, um, but no like wow moments like right. they had in the first two fights. Uh, Cormier got in trouble a couple times um, and and did get knocked down, but it was he bounced right back up. Uh, I don't really think he was ever in serious, serious trouble. Mm. Uh, he did get poked in the eye, which really affected his vision, and it looked kind of Yeah, funky it looked pretty bad after the fact. A- after the fight, and he said that he's done, and, and he's been saying that all along. Um, but I don't know. I still think if Dana White gives him a check big enough and it's a big enough fight that he could probably get him back in the ring. But at this point, I, I think that he'll, that super fight will probably go to somebody else. Yeah. He, either... Uh, Jones. He gave, just moved up to heavyweight, yeah. Well, yeah. At first, he just said, I turned in the light heavyweight. So people were speculating what's going on here. But, look, they're he, setting he up. He said it's heavyweight. Yeah. yeah, he did come out and say he's moving to heavyweight. They're setting up a super fight with him and Stipe. Yeah. Uh, there's no question. either. And I don't think, at this point, I don't think Jones will fight before that. I think it'll be, you know, why would you he risk? He can cut the front of the line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and why would you risk? Throwing him a tune-up fight or whatever, and then lose. Yeah, what? Because look, I mean, let's be honest. All it takes is one shot from a heavyweight. Yeah, yeah, for, especially from a heavyweight, and you go night night, and then you look like shit, and nobody wants to see him fight Stipe anymore. Right. So yeah, it will be probably announced if I had to guess around the new year, because that's usually a big fight pay per view for mm-hmm. them. Um. So if I had to, if it just again spitballing, I would say that's the around Christmas, New Year time is probably when they're gonna shoot for that fight. Maybe early spring, depending on how what kind of health situation Stipe's in after that uh, five rounder. But yeah, like I said, it was a good fight. wasn't a great fight. Um, it, it it was nice. I, I'm glad I got to watch 
Cormier's last fight, and it probably was. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens with the, the good old UFC. Um, and now there's even whispers of Brock coming back. Please don't. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't hear any of that. Yeah, but we'll see. Uh, last thing you want to touch on, um, Pat McAfee, mm-hmm. longtime NFL punter. Uh, punter hol- of the decade. Yeah. Hilarious guy. He's got a great podcast. Um, he was a part of Barstool, which, um, shit, well, I, we forgot to talk about Barstool, too. Um, but anyway, Pat McAfee, he signed with the WWE, what, a year ago? Yeah, he's roughly? been doing the uh, NXT pre-show for about a year, year and a half. Yeah, like and there were rumors and thoughts and even stories of him training in yeah. the performance center. He also owns a wrestling ring in his barn. Yeah. Because he got drunk and just bought one. <laughs> yeah. Which that's what I love about Pat McAfee. He is, he, look, never did I think a punter would be that entertaining, but he really is. Yeah, he's great. Um. So anyway, tell him you probably know a little bit more about it than I do. Okay, well, since this entire time he's been with NXT, and I think it's actually the thing that started their sort of business relationship um nxt did what's called a house show uh, about two years ago year and a half around that time uh in indianapolis where pat mcafee lives house show is basically just an event that's not televised exactly i was gonna say that but yeah um and him and adam cole had a bit of an interaction and a lot of times during these uh, nxt pre-shows for their takeover events which those are like pay-per-views like they're big um i don't do them quite monthly every other month big pay-per-view events. Um, Pat McAfee has been kind of making fun of Adam Cole and kind of throwing shots at him with their, their little interactions and whatnot. So um, eventually it looks like they just decided to make it into a feud because three, four weeks ago, something like that. Adam Cole just so happened to be in Indianapolis where Pat McAfee does a show and where he lives. And they, uh, kind of went back and forth a little bit uh pat was sh- throwing some kind of subtle jabs at him like oh you're only champion so long because of your stable the undisputed era and then pat mcafee mentions adam cole's size because he's not a very big dude he's like 5 10 probably 180 so he would be like a cruiser right oh so even less than that he's yeah. about my size um he's not super jacked or anything like that i mean he'd still kick my ass but that's not saying much folks um so anyway, they had a big blow up. Adam Cole freaked out, and one guy tried to break it up, and Adam Cole pushed him away. And the next week on their edition of NXT, um, Pat McAfee was doing color commentary um, while Adam Cole was at ringside with his team, the Undisputed Era, during their tag title match. And Pat McAfee again started throwing shots at Adam Cole, being undersized, stuff like that. And it's pro wrestling, so obviously this is all set up. And right. Back, uh, Adam Cole starts getting Wait, into space. Set up? You mean it's not real? I hate to tell the tell you this, Dan, but yes, pro wrestling is not it's real. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> anyway, so big pull apart, and somehow I think Adam Cole jumps over the announce table to get to McAfee, and they kind of get separated. I, yeah, I saw bits and pieces. Yeah, of McAfee but... kind of gets pulled away by everyone, and Mac uh, Cole is still kind of trying to climb over the table to get to him, and then at that point. Pat McAfee, with a running start, runs up and kicks him right in the fucking face and knocks him out. Like the Randy Orton punt type Exactly. Kick? Oh, he does wow. a punt, which makes sense. He's a punter. Yeah, yeah. And now they've announced that they're going to have a match at TakeOver. And 
It'll be interesting. I'll check it out. I'd... Yeah, I mean, look, I think McAfee is probably going to do pretty well. I do. I mean, yeah. you could tell that this has kind of been a passion of his. I, it's sad that he's coming in now when the product is so bad. Yeah. You know, but it, it'll at least be interesting. Look, it keeps him happy. And, I mean, he's a guy that he could still – he could have punted for another decade. Yeah. And, and he was – he retired. He was – the best punter in the NFL. Yeah. And, and probably would have been for at least another four or five years. And we've seen punters have damn near 20 year careers. And, you know, I, I still love the story he told about Tro- Troy Palomalu. Palomalu lining up in Seagat. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking ruined my life, he says. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah I think we'll, it'll be interesting. And a lot of pro football players that I've done. Pro wrestling have done very well. Yeah. D'Angelo Williams, former Steeler, um, yeah, he, was he was great. On, uh, TNA and Kevin Green back in the day was great too. Yep, yep. For Rodman, just... for that matter, wasn't horrible. Yeah, I mean, for the, the brief stint he had with the NWO, um, and then uh, all right, real quick, since we did kind of touch on Barstool, um, they got a big get this past week. They got Deion Sanders away from the NFL Network. And Sanders' net, uh, contract was expired anyway, but for for him to go to Barstool, and I don't know what the terms are or anything, but for one, he's going to have a little more freedom. Sure. You know, and he is a great commentator. Um, I didn't like him as a player because of he was a cowboy for much of that time. Right. But, but it, I mean, truth be told, he was one of the best corners in the history of the game. Right. Um, but, he, but he is good in the afterlife as far as the NFL is concerned. He's, he's great and as a studio guy and analysis, whatever. And he's just got an overall great sports mind. I mean, hell, he was a pro baseball player, you know, at the same time. Right. Uh, to this day, I think he's the only person in history that played an NFL game and a major league uh, championship series game the same day. Yeah. Like, he literally – got on a helicopter and, and flew from one stadium to the next and, and played um, for the Atlanta Braves back in the day. So, and they want uh, Dave Portnoy, who's the CEO of Barstool. I'm telling you that Barstool is coming folks. Yeah. They've grown just exponentially in the last decade. And I, I see them doing even more in the next decade because Portnoy uh, whether you, you love him or hate him, he's kind of smug. and I have a love-hate relationship with yeah. him, too. He's kind of a douchebag. But... but he's got a good mind for this yeah. stuff, and, and he, it looks like he's got a vision, and that vision is to, to take over the world of sports. And I'm telling you, within the next, I would say, five to ten years, there will be a Barstool Sports Network television channel. Yeah. And Portnoy is the kind of guy that he will he'll risk it all. I mean, he... he does big time stock uh, stock market stuff. Mm. He's the kind of guy that will probably throw out millions and millions and millions or even billions of dollars to get one of the big three sports on his network when when it happens. Yeah. And I think there's no question that it will happen. So, all right, all right folks, uh, we have run uh, fairly long this time, but uh, that's going to be it for episode number thirteen. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I haven't plugged it in a while, but I'll go and do it now. Facebook.com slash Ds. That is where you can find all of the episodes of this show, uh, all of the episodes of the Eldonzo and D's show, 
Also, please drop us a line, a like, a comment, a share. Give us some show ideas. Uh, comment on anything we said. Or if you're like Jake, you can just text me when you're listening to the show. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's going to wrap it up folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will catch you next time. Dylan. See you guys. Goodbye.